0: Choir will you turn your Bible please to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy the first chapter. appreciate that wonderful singing. In the early days of Israel's history when they would have great convocations there was a lot of singing. I think singing is 50 or 60% of a service. Thank God for great music. And our choir and our church does a lot of great music. I want to read just a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter 1 <clears throat> as we think together today about the theme, 40 years past, 40 years to come. These are the words which Moses spoke unto all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness in the Arabah, opposite Sof, between Paran and Tophel, and Laban, and Hazeroth, and Dishob, It is 11 days journey from Horeb, by the way, of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, in the first day of the month, that Moses Spoken to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto him Now we think of the 40 years of Israel's wilderness wandering 40 years Has an important or the term 40 has an important place in Bible history Neal. Deborah, Barak, Gideon, Saul, David and Solomon each reigned 40 years. It rained 40 days and 40 nights before the flood. Moses fled Israel and Egypt. 40 years after he was born. He was on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He came back to Egypt and lived 40 more years in preparation for what God wanted to do with him. Israel wandered 40 years in the wilderness. The spies were in Canaan 40 days before they came back and said, we can't do it. Elijah fasted 40 days. When Jonah went into Nineveh, he said, in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Jesus fasted 40 days. And then after the resurrection of Christ, the Lord was with his disciples 40 days before the ascension. So the term 40 appears many times in the Bible. It seems to have an important connotation that includes both preparation and training for victory. And as we think about the 40 years of Glendale's life, I could not help but thank God for those men and women who 40 years ago met to found this church. These were the men and women who were part of this congregation 40 years ago this summer. Sam Todd, Joe and Doreen Tao, Don and Nancy Young, Mr. And Ms. Arthur Upton, R.B. Smith, Marge Smith, and Ms. Marge is here today, I believe the only charter member present today. John Phelps and Mrs. John Phelps, both in heaven. Mr. and Ms. Bill Carpenter, Mr. and Ms. Harry Ashby, Mr. and Ms. Pete Kendall, both of them in heaven, Mr. Hank Brochet, Mr. Harold Hazelup, who lives in Florida now, Mr. Morris Henderson. Those were the charter members of our church. We thank God for those men and women who by faith assembled together in the hot summer of 1955 and founded this church. It was formed at a house on Jones Avenue. The Low Rock House was called 1608 at that time. And they met there for 14 months, and the work began to go and grow, and they built a lean-to building in the back to hold the crowds. They had a first tent revival, the first convert of this church was Lee Kennedy, who is our deacon of the week today, saved, I guess, 40 years ago. His wife was at the first tent revival and saved shortly, maybe during that revival meeting, 40 years ago. And all these have built into this church, their very life, their substance, everything they are. And we praise God for them. And as we think about 40 years, I want us to look back for a moment and then to look forward. We look back at the 40 years past and we give God the glory. We remember a lot of things. We remember his goodness. Remember people that were saved. We remember 250 people who sat where we sit who are now assembled in heaven. I do not know whether God allows a special time when the angel says uh, I want all of you who used to be part of Glendale Baptist Church to meet over here. They're going to have an anniversary next Sunday, and I want you to look down there and watch it. I don't know whether they'll do that or not, but I think of Essie Lovell and Mrs. Raglan, <coughs> Mr. and Ms. Carpenter, and many precious ones who have been part of our fellowship who are now with Jesus. We look back with remembrance in thanksgiving to God for his goodness, thanking him for the building programs. Do you know that each time we built, we had no money? Somebody said, we have done so much with so little for so long a time that now we can do almost anything with nothing. Well, we've never had money. When we got ready to build the flat roof building, which was the second building on this property, we had $50. And some thought we ought to wait and have all the money before we built. The larger part of the committee said, no, let's go on and build. And they put a derrick out here and started breaking ground. And First thing they did was run into a water main and flooded the place. A lady passed by and saw that we had need and she called on the phone and said, could you use $25,000? And God blessed, I believe God blessed the faith. Little is much when God is in it. We built this beautiful auditorium and every time I it, I say, thank you Lord for it. It has the color scheme of the New Jerusalem. If you'll notice the lights, there's a cross on all the lights. And there's a symbol. It's the Greek symbol Cairo that stands for Christ. That means that Jesus is the only light of the world. Originally, we had just plain windows. And Elo Underwood came by while we were building. And he said, uh, you sure you want those kind of windows? And I said, no, I don't like them at all. I said, would you design some windows? He went to work. And in just maybe a day or so, he had this design made for those windows and these windows. And it's the color scheme of the New Jerusalem. If you read Revelation 21, you read all those wonderful colors of the stones that are in Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem. <clears throat> That's what those windows look like. Above us, behind the choir, there are symbols of the cross. There are seven crosses which stand for the seven churches. And there's an eighth cross which stands for Glendale Baptist Church. And so the symbolism of this auditorium was all part of a plan. The red here, well, stands for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Originally, we had a brown carpet in here. And it was a holy carpet. Some of you remember those days? Why some of the people I've mentioned a while ago came and I don't know whether the new generation has ever heard of darning. We don't darn socks anymore. We just throw them away and get some new ones. But we used to darn our socks. Well, they come along and darn. I'm not using profanity. <laughs> they would darn the carpet. They'd get that little thing and they'd sew it together. One time we had Betty Stallnecker here, great song lady, and she tripped on some of the holes in the carpet. You say, surely Glendale wasn't like that. Yes, we've never had any money. And we've had to borrow money and sacrifice and blood, sweat, and tears to do everything that's been done in this building. And we look back with gratitude and thanksgiving to God that there were people who were willing to do that. We also look backward with repentance. We've had sin in the camp. We've had times when we've had to deal with sin. We've had times of heartache and hurt. It hasn't all been a rosy bed of ease. There have been times when people that we love, like life itself, had to be dealt with and remonstrated, because the Bible says we have to deal with sin in our own lives and in the lives of other people. The Lord's church is called to be a holy vessel unto the Lord. One of the problems and dangers we face in 1995 is that we go through the motions of church and forget that God wants a holy people. We don't just meet on Sunday and sing some little ditties and sing some pretty songs and then go home and forget about it till the next Sunday. If God does not change our lives, If God does not deal with our heart so that the change starts on the inside and works its way out and our lives are holy unto God, then there's something drastically wrong with the experience we had. I want to submit to you today, if Christ has not changed the want to in your soul so that even though in weakness and in passion you may sin, there's a want-to inside that says, I don't want to do that. I want to serve God. And that leads us to repentance. So as we look back, we have a lot of things to repent of. Individually, corporately, to say God, cleanse us and forgive us. Set us on the road that leads right. We finished this auditorium in 1962. Immediately appointed a committee to... Investigate what we ought to do next for 10 years. They met talked prayed talked met prayed talked met prayed talked Finally we built that children's wing out there thank God In the next 20 years we met prayed talked met prayed talked talked prayed met prayed talked on and on and on until finally the church said well It is not necessarily a space problem now, though at one time it was. The problem we face is an expansion problem. We can no longer build anything here without buying additional houses and tearing them down. And we would have to buy, clear out the small house road and it would cost a million dollars to buy the houses and then we'd have to tear them down and then build. And the committee, after praying and meeting and talking and praying and meeting and talking and talking and meeting and praying and bringing reports and reports to the church, the church finally said, let's buy some more property somewhere else. And so that's what we've done. We bought over 16 acres on Cave Mill Road. And now we're saying, Lord, help us to get that paid for. Help us to get it done for Jesus' sake. And God will bless us as we do it. We look backward with gratitude and rejoicing, rejoicing over souls that have been saved. As we stand here at this 40th anniversary time, I want to say thank you, Lord, for nearly 4,000 people who have walked down these aisles professing their faith in Christ and following Jesus in baptism. To God be the glory. I want to say thank you, Lord, for nearly 200 young men and young women who have walked these aisles as an army to say, Lord, use me, use me. And God has sent them out to the ends of the earth. This next week, some of them will be coming back to share with us. And while they're here, there are hundreds of others over the world preaching the word of God whose origin was right here at this church. God used you. And so we rejoice and we say, thank you, Lord, for all God's goodness. But that's in the past. Sometimes the way you can tell a person is getting old is that he looks back all the time. So I want to tell you I'm not getting old. I'm going to start looking forward. These next 40 years are the greatest years yet. God is going to bless But I wanna warn you, there are three S's that we need to involve ourselves with if God is gonna bless. Number one is service. If we're going to be what God wants us to be, we're gonna have to say, Lord, here am I, use me. No longer can we say, let George do it or let somebody else do it. I want to do it. We need help in the nursery, here am I, use me. Need help in the preschool, here am I, Lord, use me. Now, Lord, I know that I raised my children 50 years ago or 60 years ago, but I wanna do it again. And I wanna go in there and help and work. We gotta be done with this idea. I did it one time when my kids were little, I ain't gonna do it no more. Let that attitude fade away forever. And if God is going to bless the church, we'll have to say, Lord, here am I, use me until I have no more strength to be used. Moses was 85 years old when God said, Moses, I want you to lead the children of Israel out of, out of, out of uh, Egypt. 85? Sarah was 90 years old when God said, I want you to give birth to a little child. Me? I did that years ago. My old babies were little. I can't work in the nursery anymore. You go back and learn some things from Sarah. Listen, beloved, we've had it too easy. We've taken it too light. We've entered into a season to say, I'm gonna live a normal life. Well, what is normal? The normal life today is abnormal spiritually. If you're gonna live a normal life, you need to put your all on the altar for God and let God use you and he'll do it. I'll tell you. If the Lord is going to bless in these next 40 years, there'll have to be service. Choir members, you can't say, I'm not gonna come to practice on Wednesday night. I got a little baby to take care of. I have gotta stay home. The singers in Israel practiced. I don't believe you'd wanna give to God less than people who do professional work do. You hear all these quartets and you say, oh, I think quartets great, man. A lot of the Imperials and the this blah, 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 and all and on and on, aren't they great? You know how much time they practice? They practice and practice and practice. We used to have a quartet here that would meet on Sunday afternoon and practice. They practiced for about four years, two or three years. They quit practicing, they quit singing. Not willing to pay the price. I want to tell you, there's a price to pay to sing. There's a price to pay to preach. There's a price to pay to do the work of God. A service on all of a part, the part of all of us. You say, preacher, I'll w- be glad when somebody comes next Sunday and doesn't preach like that. I'll be glad when Moody Adams comes, he doesn't preach like that. Well, you're stuck with this today. I don't know when I get through. I want to tell you. If we're going to do what God wants us to do, there's going to be, have to be service. All on the altar, dear Jesus. All on the altar. My time, my talents, my tithes, all on the altar. Secondly, there'd be sacrifice. Sam Todd mortgaged his house so we'd have a place to meet over here on Jones Avenue. In the early years of our church's life, people would sacrifice. And one of the best things we ever did and yet one of the worst things we ever did was to build this auditorium because it made us satisfied. And Miss Lucy talked a while ago about all those chairs we put in the aisles and the people thronged in. That's right. But it wasn't good for us because we had them here, but they don't stay when you don't prepare adequately. We had three studies made of our church's uh, uh, facilities three of them, professional studies, they all said, you cannot keep on averaging the attendance that you're averaging with this kind of facility. You have to have more space. You need 20 acres. They told us that over space for 20 years. I will tell you, we owe 121 or $2,000 on that cave mill property, let's get it paid. Ushers, come up here a minute and help me a minute, will you? I want you to give, come up here. This is part of my sermon. I don't know whether I'll ever finish today or not. Pass these out to the people. Don't don't miss the choir. Now now listen, next Sunday, we're gonna have envelopes that look like this. I'm not asking you to do anything today. But this, this thing says, my debt retirement commitment to pay off the debt on the cave mill property building toward the 21st century. By the grace of God, I will ask the Lord to help me give so much by the end of the year for his glory to help reduce the debt on the cave mill property. This is over and above what I regularly giving. I wanna ask everybody to have a part in that. Some of you can give a penny. I don't know anybody who couldn't give a penny. Ryan, couldn't you give a penny? But you could give a dime, couldn't you? Quarter, maybe a dollar, maybe $10. See, all of us can do that. Everybody, there's no exception. Everybody can give a penny. You can go in your piggy bank and take five pennies out. Some of you could give $5,000. Some of you could give $100. Some of you could give $50. Some of you could give $20. It's gonna take sacrifice to get that place paid off. Who's gonna do it? Well, years ago, we borrowed $80,000 to buy those buses. And I was so foolish. I think I told you this the other day. I was so foolish. I'd kneel and pray, Lord, please help us um, to pay that off. And I prayed you'll call somebody's heart over in California or down in Texas or somewhere to get stirred. And they'll send us a check for $80,000. That wasn't that dumb. One day I was praying. The Lord said, quit praying like that. Just get up. Write down some plans and ask your people to pay it. We had two or three campaigns in the summers in the summertime and oh what a victory day it was that sunday night when we came within just a few thousand dollars of paying it off and somebody got up and said i want to give another 100 or another 50 or another 10 and we stayed there that night till it was all paid what a victory that was a revival night all of us entering into it it's going to cost sacrifice as we look toward the 40 years that are to come. Sacrifice, but I believe God will help us. I think of these 40 years, I was just thinking the other day, Cammie Joel will be uh, 43. Where is Cammie Jo in here today? She'll be 43 in 40 years. Caleb will be 41. Josh Jordan will be 52. Where are you, Josh Jordan? You're gonna be 52 in 40 years. John Jordan's gonna be 58. Barry's gonna be 51. You think of that. Now, these are the young people you need to save your money and give toward this, because God's gonna bless. You think, add 40 years to your age, you know how old I'm gonna be? I'm gonna be looking down at you at 115 years of age. So we're building for tomorrow. We're moving toward tomorrow. The greatest years of this church's life are, will be tomorrow. Thank God for the foundation of the past. But we must not look backward. We must look forward. And when Moses stood here, the whole book of Deuteronomy was written from the vantage point of the 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. And Moses commissioned them to go over and possess the land. He said, in order to do it, you'll have to fight. There are gonna be some enemies. Enemies of ridicule. Enemies of caint-itis. Enemies of hurt feelings. Well, they didn't show me enough attention. They didn't thank me enough. Enemies, see? There are enemies all around us. And most of them are inside of us. They're attitude enemies that will kill us spiritually if we let them. When I think of just ahead of us, I think of a new van and new buses, getting on fire for God, reaching new members and families, a hundred workers in the Sunday school, focusing on our children, Over 500 in Sunday school next Sunday, the Lord willing. I think of strengthening our families. 80 soul winning teams, 100 prayer warriors, 250 tithers, 300 in the hour of power, $6,000 weekly offering. I think of building out there, and I wanna tell you, some of you won't like this. The worst thing this church could do would be to go out there and build a beautiful auditorium. Be the worst thing the church could ever do. You'd sit in that little auditorium for the next 60 years because you'd be satisfied. What we need to do when we build out there is build some functional buildings that we can educate people, a temporary auditorium, Gymnasium family center type thing that we can have some uh, victories in and fellowships in and build in units. If we'd, if we'd try to replace this whole building out there, why well, would it cost five million dollars or more? One of the auditoriums not far from us, that beautiful auditorium, cost over two million dollars. Another auditorium down the street over here cost about eight or eleven million dollars, beloved. That isn't what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk before we run. He wants us to start little and grow big instead of starting big and then growing little. 40 years, the next 40 years will be victory years, glory years, and God is going to bless. Gonna be a time of spiritual refreshment, a time of victory, Thank God for His goodness. Service, sacrifice, and then surrender. Surrender, all on the altar for the Lord. I wanna ask you, how many of us are willing to say, Lord, use me? Now, you can't ask the Lord to use you until you get saved. The day R.G. Lee got saved, standing by a plow, he was plowing a field, a young boy, He looked over to the city and saw the big buildings and saw the tower of the first Baptist church. The day he got saved, he said, Lord, please use me. I want to be a preacher. And God used him as a great preacher. You have to give your heart to Jesus first. It all begins at Calvary. When the Lord Jesus poured his heart, his whole life out on the cross for us, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. I wanna encourage you today, if you've never been saved, open your heart to Jesus, let Christ in. May we bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the 40 years of past history. And we dwell on them just long enough to say thank you. Thank you for the souls that have been saved. Thank you for Lee Kennedy, a trophy of God's grace and Lucy Kennedy Thank you for Marge Smith, who's stuck by the stuff all these years. Thank you for many others who have sacrificed and poured their lives into this work. Lord, I wanna ask you now for young people and young adults and others of us to pledge to you our lives, our sacrifice, our, our very being to build a work that will reach to the ends of the earth. Give us a vision of people around the world needing Christ. And may we say, by the grace of God, we're going to build at this place something to the glory of God. Oh, God, move upon us. Have thy way. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand, please?